Jesus people. Welcome back to another episode of Keto in Christ. This is episode number five. I am so excited to be back with you guys. I know I missed a week um, for really good reasons that I'm going to get into tonight. Um, this summer has just been uh, an amazing blessing from God just out um, being able to minister unto his people. And I'll get into that in a moment. But first, let's open in prayer and just thank God for this evening and for this podcast um, and pray for his will to be done through the words that we speak tonight. So Father God, I just come before you, Lord, and I just commit this podcast onto you, Lord. I thank you, Father God, for just the ability to be here, Lord God, and to share all that you've done in my heart and in my life the past few weeks, Lord Jesus, and, and to just glorify your name, Father God. I pray, Lord Jesus, for those who are listening, Lord God, as well as for me, Lord Jesus, that your word would go forth, Lord, and encourage us and inspire us to grow deeper and deeper with you. This podcast is yours, Lord God. I ask you to just use it for your will and your will alone, Lord. And um, I just come before you and ask you to speak through me, Lord. In your mighty name, Jesus Christ, I pray. And by your spirit, Lord, amen. So um, I know it's been a while. I was very busy this summer um, doing different things in ministry at my church, with, uh, especially with the youth um, I went to summer camp at Word of Life upstate in New York. I went to Portugal, um, which was a real blessing. Um, and I can't wait to dive deeper with you guys on that. And just this past week, uh, we just finished up VBS at our church. So it's been a very eventful summer, and it's been filled with so many amazing blessings and um, just been learning so much about my walk with God and just different ways that I want to dedicate more of my time and energy to him. And I want to open up uh, with a passage of scripture from Jeremiah. Whoop, I'm losing things. Hold on. <laughs> and it's in Jeremiah 24 and it's verses four to seven. And it says, and the Lord gave me this message. This is what the Lord says. The God of Israel says, The good figs represent the exiles I sent from Judah to the land of Babylonians. I will watch over and care for them, and I will bring them back here again. I will build them up and not tear them down. I will plant them and not uproot them. I will give them hearts that recognize me as the Lord. They will be my people, and I will be their God, and they will return to me wholeheartedly. Now, I'm going to read some more in Jeremiah chapter 29 in a moment. Um, but that whole passage about the good figs really spoke to me. Um, I read it while I was still um, away in Portugal. And, you know, it's talking about good and bad, bad figs. And Jeremiah is using these figs as an example of the exiles that are now in Babylon as well as the people who have stayed in Judah the bad figs are those who stayed behind who did not listen to what the Lord had said um, you know for those of you who have been following along you might have heard me mention that I'm reading through the Bible this year with my church and currently we're in the period of time when Israel is exiled into Babylon and Jeremiah and uh, Ezekiel are prophesying to them and they're calling them to repent and come back to the Lord in all of um, their ways. And in this particular passage, 
uh, Jeremiah had been telling the Israelites to go to Babylon, that God was telling them to surrender to the Babylonians, that it was part of his will for them to go into exile. And so that's why the good figs are those that are in exile. And he's telling them um, that he's going to build them up where they're at in this exile. And for me, I don't really feel like I've been in exile at the moment, at least not in this season of my life. I've definitely been in exile um, in other seasons of my life, um, but I don't feel like I'm in exile. I would, I, I would say more sometimes I feel, I don't even want to use the word stagnant because I feel like God has been doing so much and been moving so fast um, that that's also not a good term. Um, I guess in a place of waiting for next steps would be the best way to phrase it, whether it is for my weight loss journey, for my job, for my career, um, for relationships, whatever it might be. I've definitely been in this season of just prolonged waiting. And when I read this passage and I read about these people being in exile and God saying that he will build them up, I very much feel like I am in a season where I'm exactly where God wants me to be and he is building me up. Um, you know, it started out this, this summer, going to summer camp with um, the kids in my youth and just being able to see them grow and flourish in their relationship with God. Um, grow in their relationship with each other one of the girls um, ended up making the decision to make Jesus the Lord over her life which is a tremendous blessing um, and I remember hearing her name called and just rejoicing because there could be no greater blessing than being able to be um, a part of celebrating somebody making that decision so during summer camp I just remember just being encouraged from God that he has me where he wants me and also just feeling that deeper desire still to be able to be in full-time ministry and be able to serve him every day um a desire to just grow deeper in his word and his truth and that started in summer camp but it got deepened when I was in Portugal for many reasons um and I also think about this in terms of my my weight loss right now I've that is where I have been stagnant but mostly because of me um I've just been not great when it comes to my diet I will be going back on full-time keto um so y'all can keep me accountable to that because I'll be talking about keto more on keto in Christ um I mean, it had to happen at some point, right? Because it is in the name. Um, but <laughs> I think about that all the time when it comes to my diet and exercise, how I want to commit that area of my life more onto God. The same way that I do with dedicating time to him and making my walk with him a priority, also making my body a priority to him, um, which this summer I haven't had a chance to do, but for very good reasons. Like I said, I've been <laughs> out ministering to his people. Um, and now Portugal, let's, let's, let's start there. Um, because first of all, uh, Portugal gave me a desire for carbs. Like I've never had before. Cause I'm trying to turn that off again. Uh, because there was nothing but carbs to eat there. Like it was very difficult for me to find vegetables. All right. 
Um, that's <laughs> that's the one probably negative thing that I would say. Although the bread was delicious, now your girl wants carbs all the time, and I am having trouble curtailing them back. But we're gonna do an egg fast, and we're gonna purge from all the carbs. For those of you who know nothing about keto, and you're probably hearing egg fast and going, "Ew, that's disgusting. What is that?" Um, I don't recommend it if you've never been on keto. I don't even technically recommend it when you're um, going back into keto after eating carbs. It's usually great for if you're in ketosis and you find yourself stagnant in your weight loss to go on an egg fast. And what it is is three to five days, no more than that, of having an egg as your every meal. And with that egg, you have a tablespoon of butter um, for me, for my egg fast, I probably will not add in as much butter because the purpose of my egg fast is to just rid myself of the carbs. And because I've been very carb heavy, I don't want to add in all the fat at the same time because it's going to do the opposite of what I wanted to do then instead of helping me to get rid of the carb cravings and lose weight, it will most likely help me to gain weight since I've been so carb heavy because like I said this is usually something you do when you're already in ketosis so don't do as I'm doing um <laughs> I've been doing keto for a while um fasting is usually the typically the easiest way to get back into ketosis um I have a lot of difficulty fasting because I am a diabetic and I do take medication so I have to be wary of that which is why I'm planning on doing an egg fast to kind of like cleanse me from the carbs um, and the sugar because I also ate pastries while I was in Portugal that were delicious um, pastel de nada uh, <laughs> is, I don't know the names of the other ones but one of them was like this really delicious donut with this like uh, I don't know custard filling in it. it it was just so good I enjoyed every morsel that I ate there I have no regrets about eating the carbs if I go back to Portugal I definitely will because I will tell you this I felt so good when I was there, like food-wise, like my stomach, everything felt good. I didn't gain any weight while I was there, even though I was eating carbs a lot. Um, that might have to do with the fact that I was very active every single day. We were walking around towns, we were doing tourism, we were spreading the gospel, um, and I was also cleaning a lot uh, because I was part of the cleaning crew, Limpenza. Uh I'm trying to learn Portuguese, so if I say any Portuguese on this episode and it is atrocious, I apologize to any of my Portuguese friends watching. I'm trying, okay? Uh, I'm hoping to be fluent by the time I go back there um, someday. But anyway, I have no regrets for what I ate when I was there. I just know that um, when it comes to that area of my life, I want to commit it more onto Christ and I have in the past lost a lot of weight. Um, I'm currently uh, heavier than I was when I was in 2019. I was at my lowest. Now I'm a little bit heavier. I'm still not the heaviest I've ever been in my life. Um, back when I was in high school, I weighed over 400 pounds. I'm definitely nowhere near that now. So I thank God for that. I thank God for the way that he sustained me and how he's helped me to continue to really love going to the gym and um, kept me in that way, um, focus on my weight loss and my, my health journey. Um, for me, it, it's really mostly about my, my diabetes, wanting to be healthy and 
you know, wanting to live a long life and be able to complete the journey that he's given me. You know, there's a verse that Paul says, um, and I don't know if it's in, I want to say it's in Romans, but it could be in Acts. No, because he doesn't speak in Acts that much. He kind of does. Anyway, in the book of Romans, (laughs) I believe, chapter 9, he talks about how, you know, he would, no, it's not in chapter 9. Anyway, you, you can look it up. It's somewhere in there. He talks about how, you know, he would love to just be in heaven already with the Lord, but he has work to complete. So for that reason and that reason alone, he wants to continue the journey. Um, it must have been one of the times that he was in prison. Anyway, that's how I feel with my weight loss sometimes. Like, you know, I mean, sure, uh, having a short life means that I'll be with Jesus sooner, but I have a mission that he has given me and I am looking to complete it. Um, so I don't want to go anywhere too soon, especially not because I'm not taking care of myself. So my health is very much, um, a focus for me, especially when it comes to thinking about being planted in this waiting season, um, and how he wants to build me up and using this as an opportunity to, um, focus on my weight loss and focus on being healthy for him so that I could do all that he has called me to do. So anyway, I go to Portugal, a pistol de nada. Um, but before I got to Portugal, God was already working and doing some amazing things in my heart. I, I find it hard to believe, um, sometimes that people care about me, um, and that they love me just as much as I love them. I also find it hard sometimes to believe that people want to support me, that they want to help me. Um, so it's really hard for me to ask for help. And when I first decided to go to Portugal, I knew I wasn't going to be able to afford it on my own. And I also knew that if God wanted me to be there, that he would provide for every step of the journey. So with that in mind, um, I took a step of faith. And the first thing I did was sell my tickets to go see Metallica because (laughs) Metallica was coming to Jersey to do a two-day concert um, August 3rd and 4th. And I was so excited to go because I've never seen Metallica and I love them and I've loved them since I was little. So I was like, oh my gosh, I want to go see Metallica. And then my pastor announced the days that we were going to Portugal. And I was like, oh, I already bought my tickets to Metallica, but I also need a passport. So this is back in February of this year. So 2023. And I was like, oh, now I have to sell my tickets which right away the Lord opened up an opportunity for for me to sell them so quickly. And I immediately put in for my passport and I I got expedited everything, sent everything in. And it was right after I sent everything in that they started talking about on the news how passports were taking a lot longer than usual to um, be processed. And I'm like, Lord, this better get here in time and it came in six weeks so I mean I was in that was in February that I submitted it so it came like the end of April Uh, I mean yeah mid-April um my passport came so I had my passport with plenty of time to spare but I was like Gloria please (laughs) make sure it gets processed because there was just so much in the media and so much in the news talking about passports not being able to come in um but so that was the first thing was that I took that leap of faith and I sold my my Metallica ticket in order to get my passport and then we needed to put a deposit down for the trip and I was able to afford that so I put down the $150 deposit 
And then I was just like, okay, Lord, um, I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to do this. I know I need to ask for help. I know I need to ask people for money, which is always um, a tricky and hard thing. But I was like, you know what, Lord, if you want me to go, then you're going to provide every cent, every part of the way. And I'm just going to do this faithfully and I'm going to do it onto you. And I started going through my Facebook Messenger and just messaging anybody I knew who I had done ministry with, who was a fellow believer, who I thought might support me, um, even if they weren't a believer. Um, I just started sending out messages and I must have sent out like 250 messages. So to those of you who never responded and who maybe listened to my podcast, that was me. That was not somebody like fake that hacked my thing and was asking for money. It was me. Um, (laughs) And little by little, I started getting responses of people saying, yes, you could send me your um, sponsor letter. And I ended up sending from those 250 initial messages I sent out asking for people's addresses and asking um, if they would like a support letter. Um, I got about 53 responses of people who were willing to receive a letter to either pray for me or support me financially and from those 53 I had about um I want to say 20 or 13 13 to 20 I I don't have the number in front of me right now I don't want to say too little and be wrong so I'm just going to give a range um I had about 13 to 20 people who supported me financially and I think one of the most beautiful things um this really gave me a lot of joy. Um, I had made a video on TikTok um, and shared the link for my church on my TikTok to be able to donate to um, the Portugal trip. And one of the messages, one of the comments that I got on that video was, hey, um, I was only able to send in $5, but I hope that that gets the ball rolling. And it was from this girl that actually lived in Pennsylvania And because she had donated, somebody from my church actually called because once you put your name in our system, you know, somebody from our welcome team calls and reaches out to new people who had never been in our system. And so they called her and actually ended up having a great conversation with her and connecting with her and just being able to plug her into community, at least with us virtually, while she's still looking for a church out in Pennsylvania. Um, So, Caitlin, if you're listening, that message of just, you know, you giving me that $5 was such an encouragement um, and such a blessing um, and really just made me realize how just good God is that he would even put it on our heart um, to share even that little bit with me. Um, But from that, you know, people just started to give give money towards this trip and it was such a blessing and such like um a way that God taught me how to rely on him through the means of others um again like I was saying before I find it very hard to believe that people would want to support me um or care enough about me to want to support me I guess is more of the thing I struggle a lot with feeling like people don't want me around and God has been doing a tremendous work in my heart the last couple of years to show me what a lie of the enemy that is. Um, Back before I came to Christ, I struggled a lot with depression. 
Um, and even after I came to Christ, there's been times where I have really struggled with those thoughts of believing that I was not worthy enough or deserving of anyone's love. Um, and sometimes even of God's love. And the last couple of years, he has really put so many people around me who have just loved me so graciously and so amazingly um, where I feel so free to mess up. And, and maybe some of you could relate to this, but I, I have, you know, this desire sometimes to be um, perfect because I feel like that's the only way that I'm going to receive um, love from others or even receive love from God. And that whole aspect of how I felt and how I related in my relationship with God really took a turn when I went through my divorce because at that time, um, you know, I looked at that as the worst sin that I could commit. And here I was living in this world of perfectionism. And then all of a sudden I felt far short of that expectation that I had for myself. And I found it really hard to be able to continue my relationship with God because I felt like I wasn't worthy of him. And in a lot of ways, um, I also felt like I wasn't worthy of having community. I wasn't worthy of the people of God loving me or being able to love on them um, simply because I was not perfect. Um, and I never will be. Um, but God brought me to a community that has just so showered me with his love through all my imperfections. Because when I came back to church, I was a mess. <laughs> um, I was incredibly anxious, incredibly um, sad, and just really going through so much. And the way that these people loved on me was just so amazing. I didn't find a reason or feel the need to hide my brokenness. Um, I was able to come to the people of God in vulnerability and in trust and be able to have them pray for me, have them lift me up, have them encourage me. And, you know, I was really just so touched by so many of the women and my pastor and just the people that I was around who really just poured so much love into me and so much grace. And through that, it not only helped me to realize how other people could love me, but also deepen my understanding of God's love for me. And the fact that the same way that he's given me the desire to love people so wholeheartedly and unconditionally, he could give others that same love for me. Um, <laughs> anyway, I still didn't think people would want to give me money. <laughs> and But here I was, and you know, the money came in so quickly and so um, graciously, and I'm so grateful to all of my supporters. Um, I will be sending out letters to you guys soon and um, just sharing parts of this trip with you guys, and I can't thank all of you enough um, for just uh, providing for me, um, being used by God to help me to go to Portugal to be able to share the gospel to be able to love on these kids, both the, the ones that I traveled there with and the ones that lived in Portugal. Um, it was truly a life-changing um, journey. And it taught me so much about just how amazing our God is, first of all. 
you know, being able to go to another country and worship with people who love Jesus in another language, there's just nothing like it. You know, um, one of my favorite moments from there was, well, there was a few times that this happened, but there, there's um, songs in Portuguese that are, um, you know, we're, we sing the same ones in English. And just being able to be there, hearing the music, and singing in English while these people were singing in Portuguese was just absolutely amazing. It made me feel like this is this is what it's going to look like when we're in heaven and we're praising God on his throne together um, in different languages. And <laughs> it was just absolutely amazing. Um, there's some songs that I love in English that I now actually prefer in Portuguese. Um, Glorioso Dia um, being one of them glorious day um the uh evolution worship version not the casting crowns version <laughs> um but there's in the chorus um it, it says that he called me out of the grave glorious day how his blood has changed me um which i think is so much more beautiful than the english version no offense <laughs> to the english version i love them both but i think that that's so beautiful how it translates over into portuguese um, or how they translate it in Portuguese to talk about Jesus's love and how his love changes us. Um, but just hearing us all sing together and knowing that like, God's love has no bounds. It does not matter what language you speak. It does not matter what type of person you are. If you are in the kingdom of God, we are family and we could come together. We could worship God together. Um, and that was one beautiful thing that happened while I was there. The other was just being able to be out there and sharing the gospel, um, being out on the streets of Portugal, open air preaching. Uh, I haven't done that in so long. So, <laughs> well, I mean, I do it every now and then when I, when God calls me to speak the gospel to somebody on the train or something, but in general, like with a group of people, um, <laughs> that was, that's been a while. Um, so it was really amazing to meet, um, the women that I was able to share with Anna Rita, um, please pray for her, pray for her to receive the gospel. I was able to pray the gospel over her and she was very receptive of my prayer. Um, she gave me a million hugs and, and just thanked me over and over again profusely for praying for her and for encouraging her to get to know God better. And then uh, another woman whose name I'm not even going to try and say because her name was so long, but keep her in prayer as well. Um, I also got to share the gospel with her as well as pray for her, for her back and I'm just praying for God to do a mighty work in her life to reveal himself to her on such a deeper level. Um, and that the, that was just, a, it's always a joy to me to be able to share his gospel, whether it's here on this platform, in person with people, um, or even um, on a mission trip like this in Portugal. And the other amazing thing that God did while I was there is he put me on the cleaning team, like I mentioned before, which, if I'm being honest, is probably the team that I wanted to least be on. Um, that wouldn't have been my first choice had I been given an option of what job I would receive. One of the reasons we were going there was to assist as staff for a youth camp down there that was having a surf week. And so they were going to have a lot of students there. They had over 100 students there, and they needed people who were going to help keep the camp running. Um, well, the counselors and, and the rest of the staff shared the gospel with these kids. So I was on the cleaning team, and 
and that meant that I was going to be cleaning bathrooms, sweeping floors, wiping down, uh, you know, all the gunky stuff. And I was like, okay, Lord, you know what? If I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it to you, to your glory, and I'm going to do it for you. Um, and one of the things that I love that they do at this camp and that I want to start making sure to practice in my everyday life, because I don't think we do this enough in churches, um, which is pray over kind of like the, the more smaller tasks, um, you know, because I never imagine like when I'm serving um, and I'm cleaning something to like pray beforehand. Do you know what I mean? Like if I'm going to be singing, yeah, we pray before worship and we pray before you know, I teach a lesson, but what about praying while I'm prepping the room for the kids who are going to come in to receive the lesson? You know, um, what about praying before we clean the toilets? Like, <laughs> you know, um, I don't, I mean, maybe people do do that. I don't typically do that. And I feel like that's one of the things that being on this team fostered in me was a desire to do more of that in my everyday life, to pray over those more um, mundane tasks that we don't, typically see as part of being a part of sharing the gospel or uh loving on people but that's what god put on me for for this cleaning team one of the things that i loved was before we cleaned we would pray we would pray for the campers we would pray for us to clean unto the lord and um that the campers would receive the gospel that they would they take those next steps with christ um and that what we were doing would be a part of them taking that next step with Christ and praying for the Holy Spirit to dwell even in those restrooms, even in those shower stalls as we were cleaning them. And then we would put on some worship music and we'd scrub some toilets. And I think that that's kind of ironic because I joke around all the time about the message version of the Bible, um, about it being like the, the watered down version. No offense to anybody who likes that version. It's just how I feel. I mean, I'm sure that there's people who use it. It's still the word of God. Anyway, um, I always make fun of like the, there's a line in it that says, get a job, any old job, scrub toilets. And that verse, <laughs> I don't think I'll ever mock the word of God again in any version because that verse was playing on my mind 24 seven. Every time I was there, I was like, of course you would put me on the cleaning crew, Lord. I see what you did there. You a funny God. <laughs> He's telling me, yeah, get a job, any job. You could clean toilets. Here you go, girl. Um, and I don't think I've ever enjoyed cleaning toilets more. Like it gave me a whole new perspective on cleaning in general, honestly, and how even that could be something that we do in worship to God. Everything we do is in worship to God. But I think sometimes we don't think of these little things as reflections of that. And I just want to serve God in every area of my life. And even if that means doing laundry for someone, even if that means scrubbing a toilet, um, it's just, <laughs> I don't think there's anything more amazing than being able to say that this is unto you, Lord, to your glory, and uh, praying for him to work through that to let people feel loved. And, you know, in doing that, you know, a lot of times I'm on the front line when it comes to sharing the gospel, when it comes to teaching and singing, and even here on this platform, being able to talk and share the word of God. And this was a time where I was so set aside you know I'm cleaning nobody's seeing us in the bathrooms cleaning they're not seeing that we're praying for them um none of this is stuff that's being seen and I was just like you know what Lord 
that don't matter, you know. Um, and it didn't matter to me before, but this was it was it was like a deepening. Again, you know, going back to the scripture I opened up, I feel like God was building up in me um, a deepening of a lot of things that I've already heard from him, that he's already spoken to my heart. And now he was just rooting them down deep and helping them to come back to the surface um, to think about these little things again. Because, you know, back many years ago, um, I had an amazing youth director, Nick DeTora, um, who was also one of my sponsors for this trip. I'm so grateful for this man um, and his wife and just their love at, for God, their love for people, and just their continued support of me throughout the years. Um, but, you know, he spoke into my life so much when I worked with him. We worked together to build up a youth group over at um, ICC South. If you're in Staten Island, you'll you'll know um, which church I'm referring to. And... I just really loved working with this man because he would constantly be talking about how we need to just worship God and focus on him and build these kids up for his glory. And one of the things that he used to speak about in the beginning was our setup and how we did things and how even the littlest things should be done onto the glory of God. And it wasn't to be perfect. It wasn't to... Um, make everything just so it was literally just saying okay we could set this all up and we could just throw chairs around and do whatever or we could say okay lord bless this room lord help us to set these chairs up in the right way help us to ensure that the way that we set this room up allows these kids to be focused in on you and who you are and that was something that has stuck with me in every ministry and everything that I've been a part of since and it might have just been such a little thing to him he I hope he hears this um or I'll, I'll probably be in my letter to him because I don't think he really understands the huge impact that that little moment had on my entire um walk with God in ministry and how often I think of those words that he spoke when I'm just doing the littlest things whether it's taking one step to the side on the stage when I'm singing on a Sunday or you know, pushing the tables together when I'm setting up to teach the youth um, in the mornings, whatever it might be. Even when I am sitting up chairs, every time I set up chairs <laughs> at church, I always think of Nick Tatora. Uh, I always think of that conversation I had with him and how, you know what, Lord, help me to put these chairs in such a way that this person's focus would be on you and nothing else in this room. Um, and, you know, that's what I thought about while I was in Portugal too. How, yes, I might not be being seen. I might not be the one on the front line sharing the gospel to this camper right now. But the work that I'm doing is allowing the gospel to move forward and the Holy Spirit to move on this campus by me loving on these students through cleaning up after them. <laughs> and that was just something that was so profound and so deep to me. And even through that, God allowed me to be used to reach people who I didn't even realize I was reaching. And I think that's the amazing thing about God is that when we allow him to build us up and we allow him to work through us and we allow ourselves to submit to him in all the areas of our lives in every aspect, he'll use us even when we're, we're not thinking we are. Um, you know, no matter who you are as, as a believer, no matter what 
area you serve in, you know, you might be the only Christian that people ever see, the only Jesus they ever meet in their lives. And so what we do and the consistency in which we surrender to God in our lives is going to have an impact on them, whether we realize it or not. And um, one of the things that they did at this camp for the staffers was they gave us all a card. And in the card, people would be able to sign to you and, and just let you know how they felt about um, you and like this whole trip and everything. And I was able to go and sign a bunch of people's cards and tell them just how encouraging they were to me. Um, but I opened up my card and one of the, the people that stood out to me was one girl who wrote to me and she said that I never had a chance to meet you, but your joy is just so contagious. And it was such an inspiration to me just to see you around the camp. And now here I am thinking I'm not being seen. I'm just cleaning toilets. Like, no, I'm not having an impact on, on anybody um, in terms of the way that I think of impact. And here God was like, hey, uh, I've been using you this whole time. You just couldn't see it. Just simply by surrendering and giving your all to me and smiling while you are cleaning toilets. Um your joy and your trust in me is already being used more so than you know um and so that that all of that was such an encouragement to me and when I read this passage in Jeremiah um and what it says going on going forward to the Israelites um is just so beautiful to me um it goes on to say in Jeremiah 29 um, I'm going to start at verse 6 um, and go down to verse 14. It says, Marry and have children, then find spouses for them so that you may have many grandchildren. Multiply. Do not dwindle away and work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says. Do not let your prophets and fortune tellers who are with you in the land of Babylon trick you. Do not listen to their dreams because they are telling you lies in my name. I have not sent them, says the Lord. This is what the Lord says. You will be in Babylon for 70 years, but then I will come and do for you all the good things I have promised, and I will bring you home again. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you and will bring you home again to your own land. What I feel, find really encouraging about this passage when we look at it in its context, right? Because we know Jeremiah twenty nine eleven is everybody's favorite, right? I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, but to give you a hope and a future. Um, but when we look at it in its context, what God is saying is to build where you were planted. Start focusing on me now. Live for me wholeheartedly. Seek me. And I will show you and unfold those plans before your very eyes. 
um, you know, that that's what I'm taking out of that in this season of waiting that I'm in right now and just relying on God in all these different areas and aspects of my life and saying, you know, Lord, just show me the next step. I don't need the big picture because I know the plans that my God has for me. I know that the word of God in, in Romans 8, 28, it says that he uses everything for the good, for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And as we focus in on him and his will for our lives, that purpose and that plan begins to unfold step by step. And there's been a lot of things that he's brought to my attention um, the last few weeks in, in terms of directions that he wants to take me um, or that maybe my pastor just wants to take me. I don't know. I'm still praying on it. Um, pastor Mike, if you're watching, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I'm praying on these things as to whether or not it's, you know, what other people want for me or if it's what the Lord has for me. But ultimately, through the experiences that I've had these last few months, I know that if it is what God has for me, he will make a way. And also, as I'm waiting for him to unfold those next steps and show me whether or not those are the directions he's leading um, leading me, I'm going to keep building where I'm planted. I'm going to keep plugging in um, and just ministering to those he's put in front of me right here and, and loving on them in any way I can, even if that means that I need to scrub their toilet. Hopefully I don't need to anytime soon scrub anybody's toilet but my own. But... <laughs> Even if that's the need, whatever that need is, um, I am just so willing to be there and to serve God in any way I can um, to just allow him to build me up in this season. And I pray that you will allow him to build you up in whatever season you're in, that you will not turn to your own ways because it could be so easy. Listen, I'm, I'm tempted all the time to just throw in the towel and just do the easy thing and follow along in lines with the world it'd be so easy for me to walk around the corner and go get drunk go get weed go you know do whatever it is that I feel like doing um, those things are always so accessible it's accessible to go and just sleep around it's accessible to go and have drugs um, all these things are so easy and especially living alone. The only thing that I have to keep me accountable is my relationship with God and the fact that I love him um, more than anything else in this life. And I want to honor him with my body, whether I'm in front of people or I'm behind closed doors in those secret places. I want to surrender all to him. Um, but it'd be easy. It, and, and there is temptation there sometimes to do the easy thing um, when you know, I'm lonely or I'm feeling anxious. It takes effort to open up the word of God and say, Lord, you help me in this anxiety in the, in this moment, Lord God. Um, and it takes effort to be patient and wait with the Lord, but it is ultimately always worth it. And I've seen that over and over again, time and time again in my life. So faithful is our God in all the things that he does when we submit our ways onto him. And don't get me wrong, when we struggle, he'll use those lessons too in our lives because I have plenty of those stories too. Um, I have stories of how my obedience has shown me his faithfulness and I have stories of how my disobedience has also shown me his grace and his faithfulness. So our God is a good God. He is merciful. Um, but we could choose the better way and we could choose to submit our ways onto him and have him be Lord over our lives in every aspect of our lives. 
And when you do that, he gives you a peace that passes understanding, even when you don't know what your next step is, even when you don't know what next year is going to bring. You can trust that the God who made the heavens and the earth, he knows. He knows the plans that he has for you. And he is going to bring them to fruition in his way um, through his will. So um, I thank you guys for being here with me tonight. I pray that if you do not know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, that you would just come to know him. He loves you. He died for you in order to make a way for you to be forgiven of your sins. You know, I have this bracelet um, that we used to minister when we were in Portugal. And now I know um, for those of you watching on YouTube, you could, you could see the bracelet um, that I'm showing you. But for those of you listening um, to just the uh, audio, there's four markings on this bracelet. There is a heart, a division symbol, a cross, and a question. And that heart represents the love that God has for us, that he created us. In the beginning, there was creation. And then sin came into the world. And it divided us from God. It separated us from him. And because of sin, we cannot have the relationship with God that he desires. So he sent his son to come down and die for our sins, to be that sacrifice, to cleanse us of all of our unrighteousness, that if we receive him and believe him to be the son of God and repent of our sins, we could have salvation through Jesus. And then that last one, that question, that's that's for you. It's for you to... Um, ask yourself what are you going to do with Jesus what are you going to do with Jesus and if your answer is that you want to accept him or that you want to know more about him I want you to know that you could always reach out to me um, on any of my social media platforms you could also email me at keto.end.christ at gmail.com I would love to walk through those next steps with you and help you get connected to a community um, that could just help you grow in your relationship with Christ it is, and I say this all the time, and you'll hear me say it every single time, because it is the best decision you could ever make for your life. The only regrets that I have in my life are that I did not meet Jesus sooner. That is my only regret. I would have loved to have walked out my teenage years on fire for the Lord, but that was not my story. And I'm so grateful that God has come into my life, that he has redeemed my life. And in these past 16 years, I've seen him over and over and over again work in and around and through me to show how faithful and loving of a father he is. So I pray that you would get to know him. And I love you. I'm praying for you. God bless you. And good night. And dance off.